Hey everyone, this is your girl Jessica. And it's your girl Peggy. And you're now listening to Uncomfortable Uncomfortable Growth Podcast. Hello everyone. I hate starting. (laughs) And I always make it. I never know what to say, but welcome back, everyone. We are excited. Um this is our second to last episode of season one. Mm-hmm. We are one week into Virgo season. Yes, we're one week in. It's been the longest week, and I'm not mad at it. <laughs> um, how was your week or weekend? Uh, yes, welcome back again, everyone. <clears throat> my weekend went pretty... Well, my weekend was, like, good, but also hectic. So I went away again to palm beach for a little quick vacation world traveler <laughs> i hate sitting at home so quick vacation with the boo and i was supposed to actually be back here on friday mm-hmm. and united which i'll never fly again the, the way they just structure everything is just unorganized i'm like i'd rather deal with delta and jeblu like they're doing the most um they canceled the flight like me and my boyfriend we already had our bags packed you know the night before granted our flight wasn't until 1 30 so we wouldn't have to leave the hotel till probably maybe 10 30 11 o'clock mm-hmm. so the plan was for him to help me thursday night to take my hair out because i had the full locks in take my hair out and then friday when i get home i wouldn't have to worry about anything saturday morning run and get my hair washed because i had a photo shoot for like my master's and for my uh, birthday and we're coming back from this italian restaurant good by the way mm-hmm. cafe flora in palm beach is actually really good on my way back we're hopping in the car and i check my email and i get this update your flight has been canceled i'm like what the fuck like i'm <laughs> like oh no i got shit to do they automatically rebooked us luckily for 7 a.m but we already had a lay- layover flight so our layover was um it's in it was in new jersey or whatever and i don't understand what's going on like i i believe there's a flight a pilot shortage or whatever the case may be but a lot of these flights that should be direct flights are like layovers like the layovers mm-hmm. are ridiculous like if i'm coming from florida anywhere in florida for that matter to come back to boston or new york in the northeast that's like a two and a half three hour flight why am i laying over now for another hour or two for what it makes no sense mm-hmm. so they canceled it, rebooked us automatically for 7 a.m. Saturday morning. One hour over in um, Jersey, and then to come back to Boston. They claimed that we'd be back in Boston by 12.21. I'm like, fuck, that's cutting the time short because I have a 4 p.m. photo shoot, and I could... It was hard to rebook... It was already hard to book the woman, mm-hmm. and then to rebook her, I wasn't going to get any time slots at all before my birthday. Yeah, and you have to get your head on, too. Yes. So... I'm like, all right, here's the plan. There's nothing we can do. This is due to inclement weather. You know, I can't go against God or whatever. I'm not in charge of the weather, so whatever. I'm like, fuck it. I was irritated, but I was like, fuck it. There's nothing for me to do. So I say, hey, Friday, we're not really going to do anything because that wasn't our plan to go anywhere Friday because our plan was to come home. So Friday, we just, all we did was get up. We went and got food, um, came back with the food. While he took a nap, I started, like, cutting the extra long ends of the locks. And I went online on YouTube to figure out, like, how do you pull out my natural hair from the lock? So once I saw the video, once I started taking it out, he finally wakes up, helps me take out my hair. Um, But but before that, we ran to CVS. We needed a few things. And then I grabbed, like, a treatment for my hair, like, one with, like, extra protein in it. Because I'm like, one, I'm using the hotel shampoo and conditioner. I don't know what that's going to do with my natural hair. So wash take the hair out comb out my hair wash my hair 
um, in the shower with their shampoo, give them like good two rinses, threw the treatment in, let it sit for five, like I let it sit for longer than what they told me to because I'm like, I don't know. So I bathed, showered at the same time and I hate washing my hair and taking a shower at the same time. It's just not my thing. I prefer to wash my hair in the sink, but I didn't have those, a big ass sink to do that in. So rinse the conditioner out with cold water, as I said, the treatment out, then the conditioner, then my boyfriend helped me blow dry my hair. And then I'm like, this is going to make do. So I tie my hair out down with like a scarf. I got on the plane through TSA with the scarf on. They didn't ask me to take it off. I was going to ask that. No. No. Um, Can you imagine if they said you have to take off your scarf? If they saw my hair, they would be like, ma'am, you are a flight risk, so you're going to have to step away from it. <laughs> it looked a mess. But anyways, luckily we landed at 12, um, 12 o'clock instead of the 1221 mm-hmm. or whatever. And then, boom, we get to the airport. We're looking, trying to get a Lyft or Uber. Bitch, no. there's no Uber. And Lyft talking about... $40, $50. Bitch, they're talking about escort services prices. Bitch, $100 or more. And then there's no cab. Can't see no cab. So this was 12 a.m.? P.m. Okay, so you should have just gotten the fucking shuttle and got to the nearest train station, and then you would have been able to call an Uber. You know, I wasn't thinking about that. I was like rushing So what the hell? Y'all did not pay $100. No, 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 we didn't. So we looked again... End up searching again mm-hmm. or whatever, and then end up getting it um, for like 16 and we split it. He mm-hmm. ended up, we ended up splitting it. I'm like, this is a force. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Uh, I'm like, Lyft, your days are numbered. Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. I, honestly, I used to be an avid Lyft and Uber. Sometimes driver, they get, they get, they get, you can get like cheap rides with Lyft. Sometimes Uber will talk about $25 and I check Lyft, Lyft will be like $14 for yep. the same location. Yep. So I'll play around between the both of them, but <clears> that Saturday was ridiculous. So I rush all the way home. Mm-hmm. grabbed a few of my items like my cap and gown the outfit I was going to wear for that the shoes I was going to wear I quickly grabbed everything luckily I had ironed my cap and gown in my outfit the, before I left because I would have been fucked if I didn't do that um, drive all the way to Quincy have my former student do my makeup do this she gave me dookie braids and then put the wig on for me and actually just the raw pictures themselves before the photo photoshop I haven't seen the edited uh, versions yet but just the raw um, visuals of it they look good I'm like mm-hmm. I'm surprised because this was a rush job and then I had I told her in advance like my flight being cancelled and she gave me a grace period of about fit, uh, 20 to 30 minutes but actually I got there like um, 20 minutes later but she was still very accommodating mm-hmm. so I'm like very grateful for that she meaning the photographer yeah okay. so I was very fortunate to actually finally get like female photographer which I think is dope uh, you don't always find mm-hmm. a lot of female photographers about, so they're usually male dominated and I mean, some women are comfortable taking pictures with both, but I prefer if I'm able to, to take pictures with a woman instead a woman. of a man. Same. I feel more Same. comfortable that I can move. They more. can give you more direction too. I feel like. Yes. I mean, I know guy photographers that they know what they're doing, but I feel like a female photographer would know what a woman's looking for. Exactly. The look that they're going for. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it was like it was a hot mess. But then once the photo shoot was over and then everything that day, I was like, okay, now I can relax. So mm-hmm. I definitely, once I got home, I unpacked my shit, threw all the dirty clothes, finally put my suitcase away because I'm like, I don't want to deal with this shit come Sunday. I want to relax. So Sunday, did a few things. Um, celebrated uh, another girl's birthday. She's a Virgo as well. We're just dominating y'all. <laughs> she did a little chick That's nick. That's why they hate us. Of course, she did a little chick nick outing in the backyard somewhere. I like, I love the color theme. Then my other friend, my male friend, he actually is going 
I think he's attending Columbia University in New York. Oh my god, I was so excited. So my best friend got his PhD at Columbia. Really? So that's fucking dope. That's nice. Yeah, he got accepted there. So he's gonna get his PhD in neuroscience and sociology. So I love to see black people go ahead and get obtain all these degrees and black excellence. And even if you're not obtaining a degree, you're doing something yeah. positive, especially as a black man. You're contributing or woman. to the community. Yes, I still love it. In so, a positive way. Positive way, yes. Yeah. And then again today I started work, but luckily this to this only for this week is virtual. And then next week we actually go in the building because we haven't had our building situation figured out yet. So this week we're virtual, which I'm actually happy because mm-hmm. just today's PD I felt like was kind of like a waste of time, and I wouldn't piss if I had to drive from Brooklyn all the way over there to waste my time for eight hours. Mm-hmm. So I was actually glad it was virtual, and I didn't need all everybody in my face. Um, so yeah pretty much so far so good and girl i forgot my birthday is actually next week i'm thinking i have two more weeks girl my nephew's birthday and my best friend's birthday is on wednesday no wait sorry yeah no yes wednesday my goddaughter's birthday is on sunday my father's birthday is on sunday too yeah it's a lot shit it's a lot. This is people would be like, oh, you know, Christmas. I'm always broke. No, Virgo season. I'm always broke. Like literally from August twenty, was it twenty second, twenty third, twenty third. I I don't 23. know how many happy birthdays I already said so far. Yeah. I'm like, bruh, I didn't know yeah. there was this many of y'all. Yeah. We're out here, y'all. I mean, I would love to do like a podcast episode about uh, Virgos, but I don't know. August Virgos and September Virgos are so different. Yes, very much so. I believe that. And obviously, we know male and female Virgos are two different things. Oh, male August Virgos and male September Virgos are. Whoo, I feel like male. Opposites. I just feel like male Virgos in general. I feel like they're way more emotional than the female ones. Mm-hmm. I've encountered a few of them. I'm like, bruh, you can't be this way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How we share the same sign? You're the like, like exactly like yo. You're like making me look bad. <laughs> you're making the rest of us. I'm, I'm trying to support all of us, but you are making this very hard. Girl, um, but overall, I had a good weekend. Girl, I've been sitting at home that today when I stepped out to go drop off the package at um, the post office. Heat wave, death, muggy, and two. I realized once I got to the post office, I'm like, oh, I didn't wear a fucking bra. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm in part I am, of I, yes. I'll just. I'll I am part of the itty bitty titty committee, and I am too. <laughs> and the thing is, we can um, get away with it. We can get away with it. The only thing I hate is like. Since my, my breasts are not big, I hate the fact, like, if I wear a particular shirt, my nipples yeah. decide, like, you know what? We want to come out today. Like, no. Like, chill the fuck out. Well, I don't have that problem. I think my problem is, like, certain style dresses, tops are not fitting for... You need a more fuller breast mm-hmm. to, to make it look good. Like a corset top. It my titty look be better. looking like this in the freaking top. <laughs> looking like a turtle in a shell. <laughs> I don't like it, but I'm very big. Like I get excited around the season because I will find any excuse not to wear a bra. Like yes. any excuse. Yo, during like the well, we're still in a pandemic. We're still in COVID. Mm-hmm. But when it first happened, and I didn't have to go to work every day. Every I literally day. wore a t-shirt and scrubs and no bra. My bras were collecting dust. Yep. <laughs> and mind you, my video only sees me from the neck up anyway, so it's not like I'm being inappropriate. And I'm like, who created this rule or law that women have to wear bras though? Like. I mean, for most women, because I, I have siblings and friends who have very large boobs. Oh, yeah. We're, we're gonna, I don't know if we're going to make this a whole boob topic, but they can't afford to not wear a bra. No, I know some people who have to wear them. Yeah. Like, I'm well aware of that. But for yeah. us small folks. 
We don't need it. We don't need it. I just don't want people to feel like, oh, well, you have to wear one. Like, who the fuck said? And why are you looking at my chest? Give me a good nipple um, Covering. cover and we're good to go. Yep. Yeah. I love those. My, my my friend be like, so you're not going to wear a bra? Well, yeah. half the time they know, like, bitch, you don't even need to wear a bra. And I'm like, exactly. I know. I used to love the fact when they were, well, I didn't love it. I didn't, obviously, as a teenager growing up, I used to think like, Oh my god, my boobs are so small. Like my friends have full of breasts. Mm-hmm. Like I have I a boy chest. Yes, I had a boy chest. But starting to realize as the summer got nearer, and I used to like run to the corner mm-hmm. store with just a tank top on, and not have to wear a bra or anything like that because no one could tell. I enjoyed that part. But as I got older, late twenties, I started to accept my boobs for how they are. You know, I didn't start wearing a bra until high school. Maybe, maybe sophomore year. Because I didn't need to. Like, I legitimately had nothing. And then um, I only wore it because I wanted to feel like I was inclusive. Like, yeah. I was like, like oh, yeah, I wear a bra. God, yeah, I wear a bra. What size you wear? You know? But I really didn't need to. Bitch. Like, legitimately did not wear a bra until high school. Bitch, I was a 32A <laughs> until my sophomore year. In college, and then when I went up to 32B, I was mad amp, like, Oh my god, it'll be cut! But then, of course, like, I mean, we didn't even get into our real topic yet. But I got um, when I finally learned the dimensions of the bra, like the numbering and yeah. the um, cup size. The cup size is actually how the, the cup of the boob, like the actual breast, yeah, the number is more of the, like the, the circumference of your rib cage so around your rib cage. So, obviously, when you gain weight, you might have to go bigger. So, when I had gained weight at one point, um, the Victoria's Secret woman said, Oh, you can even fit a 36A if you want because it's a comfort. Yeah. But when I started to lose the weight again, I went down to 34. So right now I'm going to stand at 34B. That's where I'm going to be at. Unless I decide to have children, they probably get a little bit bigger, but that's it. Like a solid 34B. B for bumblebee bites. <laughs> B stings. <laughs> and I enjoy them because y'all don't understand when I go to bed and lay down on my back I don't have to worry about my titties sliding nothing, nothing. you know fixing them like you know do you throw them over your shoulder yeah. like nope I don't have to worry about those things you tuck them under your armpits like what do you do <laughs> and you know and I feel bad for people with really big boobs that kind of sad because under here in the summer sweaty sweaty and you my, say, okay we're not gonna go there anyways <laughs> my weekend because she went off on tangent you know um, but we out here itty bitty titty committee oh jesus <laughs> this is not what we were going to talk about today i don't know how, no, how did we still. get here um what did i do this weekend so my niece and all my nieces actually went to cancun for my baby niece who turned 21 mm. um so i watched my godson which was a challenge <laughs> um i have like a routine where i like when I come home from work, these are the things that I do to right. mentally de- decompress from the work day, get myself together, and go to bed. Mm-hmm. But um, I love my nephew to death. That's my godson, so I'll do whatever for my niece. So I watched him from Wednesday after work every day until Saturday when his dad got him. And then Saturday... What did I do Saturday? Why am I blinking out? I know I did something Saturday. Oh, I got a sofa. I finally picked up my sofa. That is not the color that I fucking picked. So now I'm at this crossroads with, do I return it and go on this search again? I've been looking for a sofa since May when I moved. Mm. Still don't have a fucking sofa. 
Uh, my living room is not large enough for like a, a sectional situation, so I had to get a sofa. Mm-hmm. But I'm look. I have a, a specific aesthetic that I'm looking for, and so it's very difficult when you're buying a custom style or custom color sofa. Like I can't just get a standard heather gray or gray like everyone else would do, because mm-hmm. that's like one in a million. Like you'll find that anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking for a specific green. I'm looking like you know there's like a a palette that I'm working on and it's not working with me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, with custom colors, it takes time to deliver. So far, so I'm at this crossroad whether or not I should return the sofa or make <coughs> it work and just find some another home. And when I say another home, like another space in the apartment for my ottoman that I'm obsessed with. Um, but after that, what did I do? I really don't remember what the fuck I did on Saturday. What is wrong with me? Bitch, I really don't know what I did on Saturday. <laughs> Maybe you didn't do anything. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. So, I went to my dad's house mm-hmm. um, to spend time with my siblings, whatever. That's what I did. Uh, we gave my dad some news that he wasn't too excited about, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, Sunday, I went to my best friend's wedding. This is a friend who is like a lover boy who has always wanted like the the marriage then the kids like an ideal relationship oh that's so cute yo like legitimately like like he was adamant on that like i'm not having kids until i have an ideal marriage until i'm married with the person i want to have kids with like he no matter like the pressures of getting older like he didn't let that like come into play i mean it was kind of discouraging when you're going on all these dates Mm -hmm. and you're, you're in and out of these relationships it can be discouraging, but for him, I always noticed that, like, that never changed. Like, mm. marriage, then kids, that's it. Um, so he finally found the love of his life, and I'm so happy for him. He's in Aruba right now, so. Oh, nice. Right? He's in Aruba for his honeymoon. I'm just so fucking happy. Like, him being happy yesterday made me so happy for him. I'm not too crazy about marriage. Like, I can care less about it, as far as for myself. But I love seeing people happy. People who are deserving of it. And he mm-hmm. is... A lover boy through and through. He will protect her. He will do provide for her above and beyond. So I know that for a fact that she's good. She's in good hands um, just because of the friend that he is. So seeing him happy, seeing her happy was just like fucking dope. Like the whole thing was beautiful. So mm-hmm. that was my weekend. And then today I took time off because I thought I was going to be super drunk yesterday. But I realized... <laughs> When I stick to vodka or tequila, I'm solid. I can yep. drink all fucking night. The minute I touch that dark shit... That devil juice. <laughs> that sewer water. <laughs> so, I don't know what it is, but um, I'm not okay. So, because I drank a lot of fucking vodka yesterday. Like, a lot. In comparison to when I had my vulnerability story <laughs> and I was drinking Henny. So, I realized I'm no longer going to touch dark liquor ever again. Ever. So, but that's that. That was my weekend. Mm. Now, I brought this to Peggy's attention. Well, sidebar. We every week we pick a we pick a topic to discuss, and I, this topic came about when I was listening to a podcast that I thoroughly enjoyed. And I think everybody will. If you enjoy podcasts, if you're listening because you're our friends and you're just supporting us, cool. But if you really enjoy podcasts and listening to them, I suggest listening to Around the Way Curls. They're like two dope best friends, kind of similar to us, mm-hmm. same age group. They have such a healthy, happy, like dope relationship. And um, they brought up the discussion of inner child, which was very intriguing to me. Because honestly, before I listened to that episode, 
I did never put any thought into that. Mm-hmm. I didn't, that was the first time I even heard the to- the term inner child. So as they were discussing, I'm like, wow, this is like something that we've always touched on, but we never kind of identified with um, as it being inner child. So mm-hmm. I figured, why not talk about it? Mm-hmm. So I, and I made Peggy listen to it, and I'm kind of curious. So as they were discussing, so I remember... When I was studying early childhood education, they said, like, the first six years of a child is a very impressionable age. That kind of cements who that per- that child will be as an adult. Like, mm-hmm. everything that happens in that first six years is kind of like, this is their personality, this is their character, this is their core. Things, as they get older, may, like, mold them differently. But for <laughs> the most part, their core is whatever their... So, if their personality at six years is sassy, they're probably going to be sassy when they get an adult. Uh, if they're very timid children... They're going to be timid children, no matter what the fuck you do. Like, you can mold them to have, like, this outer surface of, mm-hmm. of, of an adult, like, what they should be and how they should be. But for the most part, their core is their core, and that's, that's not changeable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they mentioned on the podcast that there were multiple inner children within us. So, this is up to 50, but this is obviously, like, a... a psychiatrist therapist term they would use Mm -hmm. but i think like the three main ones would be like a toddler kid stage so like maybe like one through eight whatever then it's the preteen so like 10 to 13 Mm -hmm. and then it's your teen which is like 13 to like 19 19 right and then as you become an adult like i feel like that's not your inner child but maybe i'm wrong Mm -hmm. um so with that being said, I want to know what you perceived. Like, when you listened to the podcast, what was your... What did you get from that when they had that conversation? Um, so, I mean, prior to that, in a child, I used to take it as um, something I didn't get to do as a kid. And I, I'm doing it now as an adult. So I was like, oh, you know, there are times I've said, oh, like my inner child. I've said it loosely, but never really understood the concept of it mm-hmm. i've said like you know i don't know if it's like kind of related to being childish sometimes like doing things like i probably didn't get to and do as a kid deprived of, yeah. of now i'm doing it as an adult and somebody was like oh grow up and i'm like why, why? <laughs> like like i don't have but to be serious, serious all the time so but why so yeah. this is why i'm childish but i kind of liked how they kind of like towards the end of it they were saying like oh what would you tell yourself at this age mm-hmm. and what would you tell what would yourself you tell your inner child what would you tell yourself when you're this age and what would you tell yourself like the three different mm-hmm. stages they mentioned like what would you tell yourself then and there mm-hmm. like if you had the opportunity to go back and tell yourself that because I think they were going off of they watched a documentary of From Mary J. Blige, Blige like my life I, need to watch I haven't watched it but yeah. anyone who has I think there was a clip that they mentioned how she's watching old her video self. her younger selves and she's like oh i wish i could hold her out like i wish protect i could de- protect her she identified with where she was at mentally and emotionally and mm-hmm. she realized oh my god she was traumatized and she was kind of like working through things and like no one probably realized it even the, watching the interview mm-hmm. but she knew exactly where that mary j blige at whatever age she was mm-hmm. where she was at mentally and emotionally right so um <clears throat> so i was talking to a few of my friends and I realize, I think it's, I think the reason why I don't want children is because I have a lot of, of my inner children that I need to work on. Um, and I don't want to push whatever I'm going through um, on my children. So I've heard a lot of my friends talk about not wanting to 
be their parent, right? But inadvertently we become their parent. When we get older. Right? So, like, my friends be like, oh, I don't want to be that mom. I don't want to be like my mom and blah, 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 blah. But you haven't really worked on your inner child and dissolved whatever, whatever <clears throat> that was, whatever traumas that you went through, and now you're pushing that onto your child. I know for a fact there's things that my mom went through as an um, as a child that I've inadvertently taken on and not realized. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I was deprived of a childhood because I had so many cousins and my mom's only way to handle all nine of us at one time was throw us the fuck outside and like have fun, have a ball, <laughs> get dirty. I don't give a fuck. Just stay outside the house. Um, so I didn't. I wasn't very much deprived when I was like childlike, but I guess the way I can give you an example is like Michael Jackson mm. at a very young age he was like rehearsing practicing rehearsing practicing working working he never had a childhood yeah. so then when people as he became an adult he's like I want to be a fucking kid yeah. so people found it strange when his whole house was like a fucking arcade museum never, like never land never never land right but I, it, it's telling because he never had a childhood. He never was a child. He never got to live fearlessly. I think when I think of younger kids, right? Kids under seven. They have no fear. Like, they have fears, but not like as an adult. No fucking fear. My nephew, Caden. <laughs> no fears. <laughs> no fears. I mean, and I don't think he understands the... Con- well, I know he knows pain. Like, if he gets hurt, he'll cry. Mm-hmm. But when he's doing it in the moment, he doesn't care. Like, this little boy will hop on the couch... But then already lift up his leg to take a step. Like, sir, you just finally understood the concept of walking. Yeah, exactly. You slide down the couch. Don't try to take a step off the... He fell off my bed before. My bed isn't high. Your bed actually is a little bit higher than mine. He slipped off. And he kind of rolled. And I was like, you know how they say don't make too much noise? Because yeah, when you do the noise, they actually more... They cry because you scared them. Yeah. Not yeah. for the fall. So he cried a little bit. And, um, you know, I'm like, don't do it again. But, of course, he goes back to do it again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a boy. And, you know, some people say usually with boys, they like daring. They like yeah. to climb on things. Yeah. and do Like, he's climbed, tried to climb on the, our stair banister because mm-hmm. he realizes there's a barrier there for him not to climb. And I caught him. He saw his mother go upstairs. He was like, mama, mom, mom. And my niece is like, I'm coming back, Kaden. Give me a second. And he literally grabs onto the gate and he goes, like, kind of like, what are you doing? Trying to break it. He felt like in his mind he could probably break it. And he literally showing his teeth and going, I'm like, little boy. And it's like, yo, they have no fear at this moment at all. But why is their helicopter so fucking loud? Okay, sorry. You were saying something about your nephew, but like, there was a loud ass fucking helicopter outside my girl no i finished what i said but like he's daring he doesn't like i'm not saying he doesn't care he's still a kid he's one he's like one in some change one in a Mm -hmm. couple of months so Mm -hmm. he's like exploring touching things so it's like you know you might get a little frustrated as an adult when you're trying to put certain things away to protect them because it's like one thing's for sure my biggest fear is for something to happen to him even for my kids i don't have kids yet something to accidentally happen because shit happens and then someone say you're being neglectful like yes. i'm not being fucking neglectful like my kid was Child right in front of me yeah. right and i'm like it wasn't my fault like yeah. accidents happen people fail to realize the, the first year of life up until they're like maybe six or so mm-hmm. they're gonna get hurt things are going to happen yeah. right it's when you intentionally leave things around and knowing like there's a kid here why would you leave a hot pot with the handle facing this i know for a fact mom i've always learned like when you're cooking something the handle needs to be the opposite way not where the kid can reach mm-hmm. it he can reach the front 
level of the stove. So I told myself, if you're cooking something, if it's not too big, put it towards the back. Yeah. Because you don't want it to fall on him, right? So certain things like that. But other things, certain things you just can't prevent it because it's yeah. like you know how they say when well, if a kid's quiet for more than 15 seconds you gotta go <laughs> check on it they're doing right? something right so it's like we have to understand like they're exploring yeah. and i'm learning that they're exploring and stuff they're doing crazy things like i was at the airport and this woman i don't know if it was her kids but she was we was at the gate and there was like seven of them and i think the youngest one was probably like a year old and i can like maybe by looking at them i think the oldest was like no more than six or seven these kids are talking they're jumping all over the place i'm like i'm getting tired by looking at them and they're just screaming i know they're kids but i know i can tell other adults are getting frustrated like bruh your kids are running everywhere girl so i have a so growing up that was always like oh like when you're outside of the house you're supposed to sit still you're not supposed to act crazy you're telling this to like a six seven year old Mm -hmm. right and they're fucking kids like this is what they do this is what they're supposed to do they're mm-hmm. new to life they're learning everything they're touching everything and that's okay but um telling a child not to be a child is like weird to me now as an adult like as an adult now i think it's weird but when i was a child i'm like oh this is a different setting so we're just supposed to sit here and sit still don't bring a child out to a space where they have to be stifled by adult like behaviors right and that's why i i don't i don't blame people if they're having events and they say no children yeah my I friend's don't wedding was no children yeah i don't blame them because you know with except with the exception of the children who are part of the wedding party because some kids when they see other kids they want to run around um and they might get in the way of during the pre- the proceedings of the wedding mm-hmm. or get in the aisle where they're not supposed to be there mm-hmm. and i get it kids are kids and you want them to room free but if there's something adult like happening i personally me personally i mean if i do get married i personally don't want small children at my wedding unless they're part of the wedding party i've seen kids act up mm-hmm. not i don't want to say act up i've seen kids be kids at wedding yeah. i'm like oh my god like get yeah your but it can't be dangerous though so yeah. like, i wouldn't put a child in that setting yeah it can't be dangerous because you have to think about things that are you know someone paid for to be decorated and a kid mm-hmm. comes in and swept the whole fucking table <laughs> and you're yeah. like so yeah who's paying for this exactly you know what i mean so i i i understand like events that are meant to be adult like if someone Mm -hmm. says do not bring your child i mean find a babysitter in advance if you can or just don't come because certain events are just not meant for kids and the vibe is not meant for them yeah but kids parties yeah act the fool because that's what that's what you're there for to act up so it's like i'm happy like now we have more settings for kids to really let loose with the exception like not like you know when we were growing up all we had was Chuck E. Cheese yeah only so yes Sky Zone and all that stuff for them to jump around get them tired get them exhausted be entertained with other kids and stuff like that so that's just still expensive it is expensive it's getting pretty that's why I tell people kids are expensive so I don't know how y'all do it with four or five of them and having a whole family function girl and vacations. I don't know but, but power to y'all right love it so I think Okay, so from the ages of zero to six, right? Mm-hmm. They live a life of fearlessness. Yeah. So for me, I, as an adult, I live in the I live in fear. Fear is my middle motherfucking name. I always have a fear of something, whether it's talking on this podcast, whether it's starting a new job, like. And for some people, they say that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. That means like that's a sign how, of growth. As and then as human, that's how we protect ourselves too. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But um. I think, for myself anyways, 
there's something that transpired in my younger self, my toddler life. I couldn't tell you what it was, but that has caused me to be the person that I am now. And obviously I need to work on that inner child and figure out what that was and what I need to do in order to be the full self that I need to be as an adult. Mm. And then as far as like from for myself, 14 to 19, um, I went through like puberty and like my body was doing weird fucking shit. Like not just your normal puberty, like my height, my my period was irregular. Like, there was just so many things different that a lot of my friends couldn't relate to. Like, I I was going through a lot. And then as I got older, mm-hmm. as I became an adult, because I couldn't express this to my mother, and it affected how I, um, how I communicated with my partners, um, how I communicated with my friends, because I didn't think no one could relate to how I was going, what I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my sister went she changed her car doctor right this is like in her 20s um she changed her doctor she went from one pcp to another pcp and they're looking at her records and they're like oh so you have pcos right and my sister's like i don't know what the fuck that is like what and he was basically like oh this is in your chart you have pcos and he explained to her what that was um, and as she was explaining to me, I'm like, oh my God, that's what I've been going through since I was 14. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't, was too scared to ask my mom. I just attributed it to the fact that I'm, I have more hair because I'm Portuguese. Like my, my descendants are Portuguese. I have, um, irregular periods cause that's just how my body works. I never thought about like, this is a problem. <coughs> I never like excruciating periods. I never thought it was related to peace. I didn't, that term never was brought in my house right so 14 to 19 i was going through a whole lot of shit That's didn't know how it was even told to us anyways never 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 and i don't even know if that was a thing back in the days but no. maybe it could have it could have been a thing but it wasn't a thing that it was explained to us now i think with the help of social media people explaining what pcos is mm-hmm. i never knew what it was until a couple of years ago i'm like what is that so, so. pcos and i don't it's polycystic ovarian syndrome mm-hmm. right so you you can and, it, and it's a, it's a whole bunch of things. You can have all of them. You can have two of them. It just depends. So like between um, excessive hair growth, um, cysts in your ovaries, um, irregular periods, um, fluctuating weight. So like like you're you're always like hormone imbalance. So like you'll be big one day and then you lose weight drastically and then you'll gain weight drastically and you're not losing weight at all and you're like doing all the right things, right? You're, you're eating right, you're exercising, but like you're stagnant. Like there's no weight, there's no movement in your weight change, right? Bet you don't not have that. My weight been stuck out one. Is <laughs> stuck in workout. That's age. Shut the fuck up. That's age. With age too. So that's something I'm discovering now. Like with age, like the shit that I used to get away with, I now have to put double Girl, the work. After 25, all that shit you used to get away with, it slows down considerably once you turn 25. Exactly. It's like your body's like fuck you before yeah. you even turn 30. So yeah. But I wish I could have told. Like if I, I'm talking to, I'm gonna talk to my preteen teen Jessica and her child, and tell her nothing's wrong with you you're gonna be okay like there's um everyone there's a lot of people that's going through this you're not the only one because i definitely felt like i was the only one like i'm the only fucking weirdo like nobody's going through these things nobody can relate because my family 
My sister and my mom, they have no fucking hair on their body at all. Like, zero. None. Never put a razor to their body. Never never thought to too. put a razor. And I'm like, why did I... So I just really attributed to, like, my ancestors who are Portuguese who passed this down to me. Because, you know, they say Brazilians and Portuguese are fucking hairy people. Um, long story short, I will tell my preteen teen self that you are not alone. A lot of people go through this shit. And I wish I had the the voice to to tell my mom like yo something's not right like i'm going through something and i don't know what it is mm-hmm. and i need i need to go see medical attention seek medical attention but my mom would have been like you're fine you're breathing <laughs> <laughs> drink ginger ale like, yep. bitch, and eat some saltine crackers Literally. um but because i know my mom would do that because she don't have the time or the space to 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 focus on one child because she had all these kids and when i say all these kids my mom and my my aunts they split they had a schedule where like my mom had the sole responsibility of a lot of our cousins um during the day as my aunts worked during the day and then my mom did the evening shift so when my my aunts came home they were responsible for the kids but it was kind of evenly distributed my mom had nine kids at any given time Mm. right so um yeah, she didn't have that luxury to just be like, Jessica, you know, I noticed these, like, your period's not, like, normal. Like, I noticed you got your period this time, and then you haven't seen it in, like, three months. There was one time I didn't see my period for a year. Um, and I didn't say anything, because I didn't know how to fucking vocalize that shit to my mom. So I would tell my preteen teen self that you are not alone, that everybody goes through this shit. And I think she, that girl, um, is still kind of, like, thriving in my adult life. Cause she was very insecure. She was she was she was scared of rejection. She was scared of all these things. Like when a guy like I I don't know if you know this, but I hate fucking compliments. Me too. Like hate it. And I'm like that's not normal. You're supposed to accept them. I be like when people say, "Oh, you look so." I'm like, "Oh, really? Thanks." You know that weird. No, but you give them that. I used to threaten people. Like, legitimately, like, my best friend who got married yesterday, he used to be, like, fuck with me at work. And he'd be like, oh, my God, look. Look at Jessica, like, guys. Look, oh, my God, she looks so pretty. Because he knows, he knows what I don't see. Like, he's trying to tell me, like, hey, these are the things that you keep trying to reject from yourself. Like, you Mm -hmm. are beautiful. You are a good person. You are these things. But you don't want to accept that. You don't want to believe that. And it has everything to do with the fact that people would tell me, like, oh, my God, you're just, you're pretty, but you're just chunky. Or, like... You're pretty, but um, you're too much of a tomboy. Because I used to dress like a boy because I was insecure about my weight. So um, it was easier to just put on a big t-shirt and some fucking jeans and call it a day. So when people give me compliments, I go back to that fat girl. That little girl that used to be like so insecure. And I'm like, there's no way. Now you're being funny. (laughs) In my head, when you give me compliments, you're being funny. And I don't like it. And I'm about to fight you. No, I'll say thank you with Phil awkward about it like i won't cuss the person i'll still feel awkward about it i'm like oh really like thanks like i didn't think that but you know like i'll try to like i noticed i used to do this a lot i don't i don't i haven't noticed that i've done it recently like if someone compliments one thing i'll try to point out like that other negative thing i'm mm-hmm. it's like oh you're thing oh, yes. like oh but you notice like oh it's not really looking I like, will, oh, I even, like listen <laughs> i will point out the shit that nobody sees they're like oh i didn't even notice that like you know oh, that to me yeah. you pointed it i'm like bitch i wouldn't have known if yeah you didn't say i've anything. done that all the time like it's so bad um I, so with the inner child thing that you're mentioning like i was i was letting you speak because mm-hmm. um 
I forgot. I kind of missed my train of thought. But what I was going to say is, like, when you mentioned, like, the three stages, zero to six. So it's, like, zero to six years old. Granted, my siblings are older than me. Mm-hmm. But you don't have kids your age to play with. No. And I think, and it, like, my sister, like, she's old enough to be my mom. Like, mm-hmm. she could have been my mom, right? And my siblings are older, and they pretty much were living in Haiti when I was born. So my siblings did not come to the U.S. until, I believe... 94, 95. All I know is I was six years old. So from zero to six, I was pretty much kind of on my own. Mm-hmm. Like between my parents and um, were my, was my grandparents already coming to the States by then? I don't remember if they were. No, actually they were because at certain points it was just me and my grandmother chilling in the afternoons. My siblings weren't even coming up here. It was just sometimes my grandmother and parents. So pretty much on my own. Granted, I had a neighbor that lived upstairs with me and we would play with each other her mom or her her grandmother used to babysit me when mm-hmm. i was a child when my parents had to go to work um but i was pretty much to myself so when it came to like when i got sent to daycare or like um early childhood and then mm-hmm. k1 my parents used to get these reports like you know i'm not cooperating <laughs> Um, I'm speaking another language. You're trying to get all that playtime before yeah. you get home. And have I'm to not cooperating or I'm saying things in a different language. Talking um, shit about people in a different language? I wasn't talking shit necessarily. I was like the new words I was learning at home. I was going to school. I attended a Catholic school and most all my teachers were white. I didn't have a black teacher. Okay. I noticed all my pictures from K1 to third grade in that at that campus who were all white. I didn't yeah. have not one black teacher or a male teacher. All of them were white women. Um, so my parents were always getting complaints like, oh, Peggy's not being cooperative. Like, I looked at my kindergarten um, thing. Some of the stuff was satisfactory, but then there's a handful of things that said unsatisfactory. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, huh, zero to six. Um, I was super shy. I'm still shy. People don't believe me, but I'm still shy. I'm not as shy as I used to be where my shyness back then would probably kill me like i would kill you <laughs> if you told me to come stand up like stand, i'm sweating bullets yeah. like my heart's beating really fast like thank god i never had a heart condition because i don't know if i would have been able to live that long yeah. with a heart condition and my heart constantly beating fast i was sweating bullets i get nervous like super nervous like sick and i'm like oh my god my stomach would turn into knots knots like that's how bad it was like now I still get nervous, but I've learned to control and manage it. Like, I still get nervous. Like, I tell people, like, I still get nervous. I still get shy. Like, Do you know what is the cause of your shyness? I think it's because, like, I've always been kind of on my own, Mm -hmm. like, to myself. That's why, like, I noticed, like, one of my former teachers slash now my colleagues, she said, I noticed that you've always been self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. like you're able to handle things on your own so you never really ask for help yeah. and I think the first like you said those are vital stages zero to six I've always been on my own not saying my parents ever helped me like yeah. they helped me but I was always on my own in a sense so I was never like around other siblings or not um, around other children all the time where mm-hmm. it's like oh I can share and do all these things with other people I was pretty much on my own if I was interacting with other people it was when I was at school yeah. once I'm home it's just me and my parents right mm-hmm. so and I don't have a lot of cousins like I do but a lot of them are out the country mm-hmm. I do have cousins but they're like older cousins like cousins of cousins yeah. so it's not like cousins like directly you know so um 
that's what kept my shyness going very timid my mother's the same way she was she told me she was very timid as well she doesn't like speaking in front of people if she doesn't have to she's the same way my father so then, then <laughs> that means your mother inadvertently pushed that trait to you probably yeah because i'm sure like there's a lot of things that i wish the good things about my mom would have would have you know i would have transferred to me but it didn't like she's she doesn't read or write right but math you couldn't put a penny past her without noticing like she is so good at saving and all this stuff i wish i took my father's math i'm not that genius right because i don't have none of that so your shyness has to have has to have some relation to your mother's yes um preteen that awkward stage Mm -hmm. i think everybody goes through that that awkward stage i wouldn't say i was finding myself but i was like starting to slowly bump heads with my mom being told no like i got sent letters for a lot of things as a child like pageants um sporting things but my parents were like super like no no in a sense to protect me in a sense because um from the age of seven to nine i had like these random seizures that mm-hmm. i was getting and those are the seizures where when the person is shaking you're not supposed to touch them yep. you're only supposed to make sure that they're not laying on their back so they don't swallow their tongue in the process so doctors trying to find, find out what was the issue couldn't really find it so i was heavily medicated from that stage of my life up until i was 10 so it was like a good stretch i had to take the pill three times a day which i hated um, there are times I told my parents I took the pill when I did. I threw it in the back of their like Jesus uh, fucking Christ. Threw it back of the dresser. You know, so funny when we finally <laughs> moved out of that house in Dorchester off of Dorchester Ave. When we finally moved, it's funny because when they moved their dresser, the pills that I threw back there <laughs> just, just trickling down, just sitting there. Um, but then eventually the doctor was like, "Okay, now you can cut the pill in half. You can take half." But the thing is, those type of pills I had to take with a meal. So I don't remember myself physically, but my sister said you got chubby because you had to eat. Mm-hmm. before taking the pill so she's like there are times that i would have like a peanut butter sandwich standard is two slices of bread right she's like no you have like four stacked and you would eat it she was like we wouldn't stop you because you know you want to yeah. make sure she's like you would eat why would you do that though like what is, one sandwich isn't sufficient i guess not i don't know and at that stage and then eventually my at six that's when i came in encounter with my niece didn't know she was my niece i thought she was my cousin mm. so we used to be like doing weird shit like when we were bored no one was home we would like <laughs> at make, six years old not six oh. i was gonna say seven or eight making weird ass sandwiches that yeah. like we ate it because at that time it tasted good but i'm like yo if we were to try that shit right now yeah, in the job that shit would be like sandwiches syrup sandwiches yeah fucking disgusting weird shit but the pre-team me like realizing okay i'm getting my period this is disgusting like Mm -hmm. that's why i tell people now like yo like my students children growing up now have it way better than we did Mm -hmm. so like it was an embarrassment to get my period every month hide the pad to go to the bathroom right making sure there's no stains in the back of your jeans i have some that come to me you have to wear a uniform like them khaki pants was not okay none so like luckily i didn't have to wear a uniform by the time i started my period but it was awkward like making sure there's no like stain that gets through your jeans Mm. and then um making sure no little boys see it so they can make fun of you but did you have friends up like like do you see when i walk like 
No, not yet. Not at really? the time because I thought I was the only one. So I got my period at 11. And remember, I was always a year older than everybody mm-hmm. else. So I thought I was the only girl. Oh, So damn. fifth grade when I turned 12, that's when I discovered another girl had it. She's like, I've had mine since the fourth grade too. We were in the same class. He's like, you know, yeah. elementary school, you stay in that same class. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. So we were like, we kind of bonded together because we realized, okay, we're both Blood of the Blood sisters. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> but it's like, we could relate because it's like, oh my God. Like, yeah. I, like we have to wear these super long pads. And back then, we didn't have the pads with the wings. It was the oh freaking regular God. pads that you yeah, gotta be wearing with that. It's not seeping through. But the 13 to 19 year old Peggy, I feel like the insecurities of my body not like you know randomly a good five years ago i stood in the mirror and looked at myself and i realized like you know how your body changes but i i don't think we've realized when it was doing the changes like mm. i only noticed the boob barrier right but i'm looking at my hips i'm like yo when the fuck did my hips just decide to like sprout out like yeah, that right exactly and it's like when did this shit happen like i'm looking at my kid pictures and it's like okay you just you just a straight mm-hmm. stick like right mm-hmm. You know, no stomach, no nothing. And I remember, you know, little, I don't know, Brussels sprouts, sprouts of boobs. And I was like, oh, yeah, you have to wear a training bra. And I'm like, yeah, no. I hate those stupid things. Like, what are you training? You're training breasts. You don't train your breasts to get smaller or bigger. It's yeah. like, if, it, it's if it's all it's genetics. Gonna big, it's going to get big, yeah. If it's going to get big, it's going to get big. If it's going to stay small, it's going to stay small. It's all genetics, right? Yeah. But I just hate that concept. That's why I'm like, if I do have a daughter, I'm not doing that training bra mm-hmm. shit. Like, it, it's like, obviously, wear a sports bra if mm-hmm. she ends up having bigger boobs obviously but i'm not gonna say oh you gotta wear a bra at night to go to bed like what like mm-hmm. i think that thing was so stupid i'm like one you're constricting blood flow yeah <laughs> first of all but like realizing the changes in my body and that it was normal because i remember in middle school we both went to the same middle school i was made uncomfortable because some of the boys thought i was already having sex because my hips were wide right and i guess obviously education and sex education really plays <laughs> they a missed role. that class they missed that class miserably because the assumption was my since my hips were so wide at the time and at the time i didn't have a stomach because i'm only what 14 15 so my stomach's super flat i don't really have a big chest at all so my hips stand out so the assumption was, oh, you have to be having sex because only people who have sex have wide hips. First of all, there's some skinny ass people with no hips having sex, right? And I know part of it is immaturity. We don't know any better because you got to remember, I was already 15 in the eighth grade. So that means a lot of people were either only 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I wasn't expecting much, but I didn't know that much either. So I'm thinking like, wait, what? I'm still saying, no, I never had sex. Like, I haven't had sex yet. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you guys talking about? And that was the assumption. And kind of made me feel uncomfortable and even as an adult now Mm -hmm. in the workplace i still always second guess what i'm wearing even though the outfits are not inappropriate i'm like oh i may not be able to wear this because my whip my hips show too much Mm -hmm. and i believe someone has told me like girl you have hips there's nothing you can do about it yeah like it's not like you're purposely coming into work with skin tight clothes your vagina can barely breathe she's like whatever you wear your hips are going to show she's like what are you supposed to wear a a, a tent to go to work and i'm like no i'm just saying there's like it's going to show regardless Mm -hmm. she's like pencil skirt other skirt the back end it'll be shorter than the others because of how your body shapes she's like your job no job should shame a woman for how her body's naturally shaped exactly you know what i mean mean, that's that's the reality of it even with down to like black women and their natural hair exactly so yeah um so that like in a sense like kind of made me self-conscious sometimes Mm -hmm. like there are times i'm like oh i love the way my body's naturally shaped like i had friends that said peggy do you know how many this is like i was 18 and i I remember i was still in high school i told my girl 
um, I don't like my legs or I forgot what I said. I said I didn't like the bottom half of my body. She's like, do you know? And this is before like plastic surgery was even a mm-hmm. big thing. She's like, Peggy, do you know like some girls would kill to have your shape? She's like, you really don't have a stomach. She's like, you just mm-hmm. like a cocoa bottle, Coca-Cola bottle shape. And she's like, some people would kill to have that. And then now as I'm getting older, I'm seeing a lot of people going to get surgery done. And that's all, whatever you want to do to make you happy, that's that's all on you. Do for yourself, right? And I'm seeing like how some people have lost their lives because of it. To go mm-hmm. get their, their um, fat removed from their stomach and add it to their Girl. hips and butts. You know, doing things that are, you know, there's a good chance, obviously, you're going to be fine. But there's that other chance that you may not survive it, mm-hmm. right? Or there might be other complications after where you'd be like, oh, I have to go back to the surgeon now to get all this stuff removed. So it's like... I'm learning to accept my body. I, that happened to me like not too long ago. Like I'm accepting it for what it for what it is. God gave it to me naturally. Part mm-hmm. of it's genetics because I look at my father's side of the family. A lot of the women are tall, mm-hmm. and then they're thick. You didn't get that part. You didn't get the tall. Part. I didn't get the height. Everyone thought I was gonna be tall, like my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad's like six two, six three. Everyone thought like, oh, she's gonna be tall. So you know the assumption. I guess I'm like, see, it's y'all fault. Y'all was already putting it on me, and now I stopped that five. They were three. trying to manifest. It just didn't work. The manifesting got cut short because I started growing. Never let you put one or the other. <laughs> my growth spurt started early though because I was considered tall from like second grade up until fifth grade mm-hmm. like you know when you did class photos yes. they would put me at the end or the back the back because <laughs> i was too tall yep. and then once middle school here i was still kind of average and then you know the boys used to make fun of for being so short they end up being taller than me yep years later after oh I saw my goodness them. talking about height <laughs> i was always the tallest always the fucking tallest until high school and when i got to high school i'm like where were y'all motherfuckers at mm. when i was struggling like i used i even remember when like we used to file in line right mm-hmm. and you go from height and then i'm like let me see how tall i'm like bitch you're not taller than me just get in front of me please because we're wasting time we already know i'm going to the back of the line <laughs> so just get in, just get in front of me um now we know those concepts are making children we don't they don't do that shit no more the, those make children insecure. insecure that definitely made me insecure. It, it, because i was already struggling with weight right because adults who i don't think <clears throat> should be making any fucking comments about a child's weight exactly were putting so much emphasis on the weight gain when i was in elementary and middle school that um I, and then I was tall, so I just I never I was I just inadvertently became a tomboy because I was trying to hide my weight mm-hmm. and I was trying to just find like the girls were too like cutesy, tiny, whatever, but then the boys were just like rough and whatever. And I'm like I can't be cutesy because I'm too tall and I'm just I'm a little bigger than they are, so I just kind of <clears throat> run with the boys. Mm-hmm. And that happened up until high school. The only fucking well, I had like female friends, right? But. Danielle was probably the only female friend that I could fucking identify with in, in middle school. Like, that I could identify with. Like, because she was such a tomboy. So, mm-hmm. me and her just kind of, like, worked. Like, I was I, in between. I never really dressed up in middle school or elementary school. My mother used to get mad, like, when it started to get nice. Oh, you don't wear any skirts. I'm like, because I don't really want to. It wasn't until high school I kind of wear, like, jean skirts. Mm-hmm. Like, the cute, fashionable ones. But before that, I was always sneakers, jeans, and a top. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I never really dressed up. Even to when I used to go to church with my mom, when I started getting older, she's like, "You don't." She's like, "You don't wear a purse." I'm like, "No, no, exactly." I if Peggy Peggy can't find it, and I unfortunately don't have it. But our middle school yearbook, <laughs> if you look at the like the group photo, I'm wearing like a I look like a chino, like a 
like a what do they call it those LA like gay plaid. you had a plaid it was a thing. plaid button up and it was buttoned to the top <laughs> what the fuck I had and a I whole had my hair turtleneck back, like completely pulled back into like a low button like whole turtleneck ponytail whole turtleneck uh, with jeans and I think I had Tim's on yeah, same. That's all I wore throughout all winter. And then when it started to get nice out, I'm like, okay, I'll throw sneakers on. So it would be jeans, shirt, mm-hmm. and sneakers. Like, yeah. I never really dressed up like that. Um, like, even Catholic school, when, you know, Catholic school, you're wearing the whole uniform thing. Mm-hmm. I used to be with the boys playing, like, um, football. Like, not the leather football, but the Nerf football. Mm-hmm. When I used to play with them, like, they're like, you're a little girl. You shouldn't be playing with the boys. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with them. Um, I was fighting boys. You, you know, hitting them. I've most of my fights I've gotten into between elementary and middle school was with boys. Like really, that, but most of it was because not for no apparent reason they they put their hands on me first, mm-hmm. and I'm like I've been told like you know the concept of no man's supposed to put his hands on you, no little boy's yeah. supposed to hit you. So it's like That's I had so contradicting because you know the it? story about like oh. Like, he's just flirting. Like, he likes you. And it's just like, why are you pushing that narrative? Yeah, that's not healthy. Because if you like me, you shouldn't have to hurt me. So that we grow up with this idea thinking like, oh, he's being rude. He's being an asshole. He must like like me. me. No. If a person really likes you, they're going to be nice. They're going to be genuine. They're going to treat you right, right? So, um, I never thought that. Like, the last three fights I got into um were boys like mm-hmm. i didn't get into any altercation with any women any girls actually until i got older with the guy i was dealing with i had to defend myself of yeah. course but it was boys that were putting their hands on me and i'm like wait a minute and the craziest thing you know i had my dad say oh if someone hits you, you know just go and report it no. my mother say if they hit you you hit them back so it's like two <laughs> contradictory stories so i used, used to go with what my parents what my mother told me but the craziest thing is the the three or four fights i got into I never actually got in trouble, so my parents never knew until I think late high school or going in when I was in college. I told them, mm-hmm. and my mother was like, "So you just went to school was fighting people?" I'm like, "No, they put their hands on me." I'm like, "That's how you know I was a good student because they didn't even call you because if I was such a troublesome child, yeah, you, they would have right? been called you." I'm like, "You guys didn't even know what mm-hmm. happened." All the times the principal used to say that she said, I'll spare you. You know, you're not a troublemaker, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Because I really, I tell people, I really be keeping to myself. And that's why even as an adult, I'm that person. I don't know. Remember the... You see the meme with the guy with the yellow, like, suit jacket? He's behind the tree rubbing his yes. hand. Like, that's me. Like, I literally be to myself and I'm just scoping the area. I'm like, oh, y'all nah, have that. That's a bad meme to fucking represent that because... Mine is the rubbing hand. He's a creep with that part. No, but it's more of like he's looking for trouble. That's the vibe. Well, I don't want to look for trouble, but I be, like, sitting back looking at situations or whatever. That's why I tell you if my name gets involved with something, that's because someone did some fuck shit because mm-hmm. I really don't be involved in anything. Yep. So that's why a lot of my friends including you know and someone says oh well peggy you already know like well there's only one peggy i fucking know yeah peggy no middle name bossy patient ass <laughs> you already know real first name peggy not margaret not sure for fucking margaret i hate being asked is she sure for margaret and no black people ask me that y'all know who asked me that <laughs> no black person ever asked me that they be no. like peggy that's it there's no middle name i'm like nope no. but we know who be asking but i feel like for my inner child self what I don't know. You tell your inner child preteen. Preteen, I'll probably tell myself, like now that I know better, this is the stage that your body has to go through these changes. Like we can't stop it. Like biologically, don't be ashamed. Of don't your be body. ashamed. This is what your body's supposed to do. Zero to six, I can't really say much, just because 
I had no control over like, oh, I didn't grow up with students, um, other children around me. It's not my fault or my parents' fault. It's due to the circumstances that all my mm-hmm. siblings going to be around me, even though there was still a huge age gap. But still, being growing up with them, like at a young age, would have been more helpful, you know, to yeah. be able to be around other people. I think it's actually really important that children are around children, not around adults. Yeah. Um, because my best friend, she, um, she used to get a lot of shit for putting her kids in daycare. So like culturally. Her husband's culture is not don't identify with putting kids in daycare um, because you have the grandma who t- who watches all the fucking kids, right? Mm-hmm. But my friend knows as a teacher the value in keeping yes. kids with kids. Yes, right. They develop so better. she's thinking like, oh, you're gonna put your kids in that like German fested daycare. First of all, that's like, how you get the immune system exactly, going. So okay, exactly, exactly. To the point where she pushed for that. Her husband trusted her enough to be like, no, you know what you're doing. You know what our kids need. I'm gonna back you up 100. percent That I love their relationship, mm-hmm. but I hate this fucking plane that keeps flying over. They're looking. For somebody they're looking for you bitch <laughs> no um, but um he he put he trusted her enough to be like yo you know what you're doing i trust you you never stared our kids wrong mm-hmm. so she put all her kids in daycare the baby obviously is still a baby whatever yeah. um but people started noticing like the value in that like his family that they started putting their kids in daycare and no longer leaving their kids with the grandma who does not watch the kids like I remember vividly there's a lot of things that fucking happen that could have been prevented if our parents put us in after school or put us in like um summer camp day camp whatever um a lot of traumatic shit that happened with my with my cousins and family members that could have been prevented if we weren't stuck in the house with grandma who couldn't really watch us yeah and you my thing I mean? is i get it money plays a factor a huge factor but this so and i and, and and it has a lot to do with language barrier and um access to this information um that's why my parents didn't do it yeah like we went to church so we was always in like the day camp with the nuns that was fine <laughs> but that ha- that ended at like two three o'clock so yeah. from three to seven yeah, until yeah. one of the like it was it was wild. So yeah, I do agree with that because my parents had me. My father always reminded. He's like, yeah, we used to put you at the. Um, it was on Geneva, um, the daycare center I was at. I mean, my father. I know you know Haitians don't have the vocabulary to call something ghetto, but I know that's what how he was explaining yeah, it was kind yeah. of ghetto. But he's like, you interacted with students. The students look like me. Yeah. Uh, right before I went to Catholic school, so the kids would look like me. You know, I had issues and stuff like that, but I think you gotta remember this was the '80s, so now we have a better understanding of child development. Mm-hmm. That I think that now teachers wouldn't, the way they were complaining about things I did as a child in the '80s, I wouldn't probably wouldn't think to hear all those same complaints now because we understand children's mind development and how they interact with others mm-hmm. better, right? So I truly agree. Like for me. Even if I'm home all day, I would definitely send my child to daycare. They don't need to be up under you all the time because we have to understand, like, I get it, the pros and cons. There's pros and cons to every fucking thing that we do in life. But there's more cons cons to leaving a child amongst adults and not putting them with like-minded children and, like, children who are also learning and developing. Because I remember, and I don't mean to cut you off, but my nephew, he um, wasn't walking, right? Mm-hmm. So he was crawling, he was doing all of that, but he wasn't walking at the age that he should have been walking. Maybe when I put him on the bed, he just I know, walk. he just kind of like leaned to the side. <laughs> but that was when he was super, super young. He was only yeah. a few months old. But, no, wait, was it? He was turning one. Yeah, he, he was turning one. Yet. You know what's so funny? I'm looking at that picture. I'm, like, seeing that picture in my head. I'm, like, he was fucking small for a one-year-old. Yeah, he was. Um, but, anyway, so he wasn't walking. And so they put him in, like, this um, developmental um, situation. Whatever. 
there when she spoke to the developmental teachers they said okay all right this year we're gonna focus on him walking mm-hmm. right and that was supposed to be for the year goal so that's what nine months what is the school year like nine ten months ten months ten, ten months, months ten right months. within the first four months this boy started walking and you mm-hmm. couldn't get him to stop yeah, and that just go, tells you <laughs> when he's seen other kids like he was excited of course seeing other kids and he's realizing oh my god these motherfuckers are walking around doing what they want to do mm-hmm. I want to do that and he paid he was paying attention mm-hmm. because we could only do so much with like him walking with us and like we're hand holding him but mm-hmm. like when he's excited around the around his age group yeah he just like picked it up like like four months if that i think it was like three or four months i like learned it. how to walk and that just that that's further pushed the narrative that children shouldn't be kept with adults because adults there's especially only so, adults who are not teachers like what do you what there's only they, so much i can do so i feel like um my thing is is like prior to covid mm-hmm. i truly believe i still do but i truly believe that children need to be around children their age because the thing is we fail to realize that children are sponges Mm -hmm. what we do they repeat like my nephew Caden Mm -hmm. he's so used to his mother and his his dad saying bae to each other that he sometimes like bae he'll literally say bae really loud and clear bae to all of us like he'll come knocking on my door bang on my door to see if I'm there and say bae out loud so I'm like okay he picked up on so I'm like imagine if you guys were cussing all the time he would have picked up on that so I do agree like children don't need to be around us all day every day like me I mean I don't I don't have kids yet but I've always believed like even if I have a week off out of the five days I'll make sure my child attends the four other days at the daycare with other kids their age so they can develop it better better I do realize now with COVID these COVID babies are a different story these COVID babies are super advanced and I think part of it is like since we had all of us had to be home and they're probably more at home with other children and stuff a lot of them came out already super developed like yeah. what the fuck you was just born and you're already doing all this stuff all like Caden was only three months or so and, and I, I think it has hand. a lot to do with parents being more present because as opposed to them late. going to work and leaving yes. the child with the grandmother or yeah. grandfather yes yeah, that's what I'm saying some of them have to like some of them were furloughed some of them were laid off and so yeah. they had all this time to, just to be at home to the child. and that's the reason why a lot of kids were developed like with Caden his mom obviously has to go back into work as a nurse but she um he was born in june so well until halfway till september she was home um granted she doesn't have other kids around him but like in general like anybody that conceived the child in late 2019 any kid born 2020 2021 probably well into 2022 and in the future we're still dealing with this pandemic i feel like they're more super advanced like you said because a lot of parents were furloughed laid off or couldn't really work as much or they were working from home mm-hmm. so that they have more attention to tend to their child yeah. even if grandparents are home but the mom and dad are or they, dad or just who, mom who are more prone to um feeding into their development yes as opposed to before a grandparent who's just making sure the baby don't like do nothing crazy. yeah they just change their diaper they yeah. might entertain and play with them a little bit but the tv's on that's pretty much yeah. it as opposed to when mom and my dad nephew yeah. will legitimately sit on the bed with my mom in the morning and watch novellas like all day <laughs> i think he watches it for other reasons outside of the like the storyline but mm-hmm. that's like their thing to do and i'm just like no seven going on eight year old 
should be watching novella exactly who don't even speak spanish like, i mean who knows doing? he might be able to pick up the language too like that that's the stage you're in the yeah. sponge and that's why i told my niece speak english and haitian creole to him because yep. he can pick up all of it like we're pointing at him telling him what like dog when when my dog was over at our house i said yeah that's a dog he'll start saying like dog like elmo he can't say el just yet so he'll say mo he'll point towards the tv he'll literally grab the remote bring it to you and point at the tv like mo momo like like telling us yeah. like yo i want elmo like what the fuck like why you guys ain't turning <laughs> You're on taking mad long like day mad long sometimes the mother was like okay that's enough screen time for today yeah. we, you watched it for about an hour let's take a break i'm gonna read to you and i like the fact that she'll say like i'll, I'll read to him or whatever yeah. so like you said i agree like children need to be around children and i get it financial service. Yes. we're not saying we're not saying oh, you're bad parents you're bad parents and we're not saying like oh no matter what throw your kid in the daycare because we I realize a lot of financial situations do play a role that there's some people that it's not even about finances it's more about like convenience I think some no people, there's convenience but there's also money involved because there's some people who like if you know if you make a certain amount but it's not enough to cover childcare but it's not enough to get like assistance either it's just yeah. like right in the middle you're right in the middle so you can't get enough so there's like oh well you have to pay full price because they say like yeah. daycare and early child care for, for most parents they say it's it costs expensive. more than it costs more than college tuition and I'm like yeah. bruh so I understand that but then there's some people it's out of convenience like oh the grandparent is there yeah. like my mother's always saying like oh I can't wait for you to have your give me my grandbaby I'm like lady you have like 12 already but okay um, I can help you I'm like yeah I greatly appreciate that but trust and believe I'm not gonna solely like obviously the first year of course I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna drop my baby off with anybody infant that can mm-hmm. barely hold their neck but Obviously, when they start walking and development, kind of speak. I want them to be with a early education mm-hmm. daycare person, and we get it. There's pros and cons. Like the person that you're dealing with, you know, we've heard stories of daycare centers abusing children yeah. and all that stuff. I get that. There's risk for everything. Yeah. Right. There's but I feel a, like there's more risk, and I'm not saying that one is better. Well, I am saying one is one option is better than the other. Yeah. But we are understanding of the risk of potentially leaving some leaving your child with a psychopath. And a, a complete, and I get it, a complete stranger and yep. stuff like that. But at the same time, though, we take risks every day, yep. right? For everything, the moment you step out the door from your house, you're taking a risk. Like you know what I mean? Like, and you hope that you make it home safely. Like you take a trip, you're taking that risk of the plane might crash or mm. whatever. Like we're taking risks, and I know when it comes to your child, you will go hell and high water for your children. We yep. get that. I truly. But understand you know what's that. so funny? You saying that a lot of parents don't realize. What they perceive to be like, I'm protecting my child, I'm doing this for my child, I'm doing that for my child. You're actually hindering and hurting yes. your child in the process. Because you're putting your fears On onto them. your child. I and agree. hence why we bring up this inner child situation. So because things like, that we couldn't do. Yeah. Like my father saying, oh, well, no, I don't want you to do this like, or do get mm-hmm. into sports because the danger of you hitting your head and mm-hmm. offsetting your seizures again. It's like, I feel like there's a lot of things. I'm not blaming him. I know he was just worried about... I don't want yeah. what happened to you when you were seven to like nine yeah. happening again. But that perceived fear has hindered me from doing a lot of sports activity that I really wanted to do. Like I told my parents, like I could have been probably a decent ball player or a dope mm. track star. I used to run. Okay, no, but I got lazy. Said ball player. I was like, I don't know. I said decent. I didn't say good. <laughs> I said decent because I was really like. I know by the time we got to seventh grade, they switched us out of the same yeah. class. Mm-hmm. So when when we had like free period for gym when we didn't have a structured class, mm-hmm. I used to be at the hoop 
trying to shoot at all anger angles like to know how to shoot the ball and stuff like that so i wasn't really girly back then i was really like yeah. into that shit if if i took the time to like be trained more into See, it i don't even remember like in middle school if you were like out with us like i don't even know if it was called recess we didn't even have recess no there was we were out we, okay so maybe it was gym like we were outside. it was just gym sometimes we'll be outside um, but i don't recall you being in my classroom but like i remember like danielle and everybody else they switched us out yeah after so, and we were out there like kickball like we were doing everything we were running we were acting like goddamn fool yeah i think after some well after sixth grade they switched us out we didn't have any classes together seventh grade i think eighth grade mm-hmm. is when we got back together again because our, our group our cohort pictures were in yeah. the picture together but sixth grade seventh grade skipped over that so yeah. So it's like I didn't have I didn't see you at all really in seventh grade, but yeah. we have to learn that there's nothing wrong with protecting your child and stuff like that. But are but, you protecting? Are you pushing your fears or are you protecting it? Like I don't know how to I don't know how to phrase it right when you say there's nothing wrong because there is nothing wrong with uh, exhausting all your options to ensure that your child is safe, right? Yeah. But you have to kind of differentiate if it's you pushing on your fears. Or if you really have, like, good intentions for your child. Yes, because sometimes I think our intentions as parents... I'm not a parent. Um, I don't give a fuck. I hate that. Don't fucking tell me I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm not a parent. I was a child to a parent. I know as a child what I didn't receive, which I needed. You should see her finger right now. <laughs> the index I and thumb are touching little, each other. Little Trump hands over here. No, Yo. I'm lying. I'm lying. <laughs> no. Everything's, <laughs> everything's good. Everything's good. But my, I, I hate that phrase. Like, as if I don't know... Because I, I don't have a child physically. I don't know the labor. I don't know what it's like to have a child with me 24-7, but I know as a child what I didn't receive and what I should have received and what I would want for a child. So there's that that thing I've... So with the whole... We're still on the inner child thing. So we want to make sure that whatever we missed out on as children or we feared as children, we want to make sure... We're not bringing that to our adult life. And we're not keeping it in our adult life. We recognize it and, you know, just write down what you would tell yourself yeah. if you could. Kind of forgive yourself. Give yourself some, like, grace. Grace. Like, like look, like, I, I forgive myself for thinking that my body wasn't normal. I love mm-hmm. the fact how my body is yep. right now. It's, this is the only body I have. That's it. Yep. Right? And telling myself in my preteen years like you're not the only one give yourself grace like to think my body was weird and going through these random changes yeah. without realizing other girls young girls were going through the same thing but it was like a stigma to like not talk about your period yeah, now oh i God, have students yeah. that come to me like yo miss you have an extra powder tampon i'm like yeah i do go look in my bag I'm, like uh, comfortable i just fucking love this generation you have yeah they come to me They're like miss and they'll tell them to me like miss do you see anything in the back of my man i'm like <laughs> no you're good you know they feel comfortable to come to me yeah. and say like can you check to make sure like there's nothing wrong with yeah. i'm like all right you got it mm-hmm. and I, that's what i love about them because i'm like yo i would rather die a thousand and deafs to tell my then to tell to my, my teacher, teacher I need a pad because yes. you you would would rather go to the nurse you're more likely yeah. to go to the nurse sometimes if I don't have anything I'll tell them like you gotta go to the nurse for this you one. know this is so fucking random because <laughs> you just said teacher and I'm thinking like oh you would want to tell your female teacher and Peggy mentioned when she went to Catholic school she was it was all white female like there was no yeah. male teachers no my elementary school I had more black teachers than I had white lucky you and I had a male teacher at one point he, he was uh, different <laughs> he always had his guitar he's the reason why I know my multiplication is like 
Like, as he, he created a song for every... I love that. So the, the three tables and the two tables, there's a song for it, and the song is still stuck in my head. Like, That's good. I wish they um, taught me a song. And he would always pull that fucking guitar out and just start chanting away. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, yo, I'm so fucking lucky. Like, I had a black um, Miss Jones, first grade, um, second grade. Oh, she was a white lady, but... She was fine. Um, third grade was Mr. Degree with his guitar. And then fourth and fifth grade was Miss Bullock, who literally was the reason why I wanted to go into childhood education um, because she was such a dope teacher. She was, she's mad tall. Mm-hmm. And um, she made us all feel comfortable. She she kind of made me feel okay with my, like, who I was, as a, like, physically. Because mm-hmm. she was mad tall. She was kind of tomboy. She used to play basketball in college. Mm-hmm. Like, she was just dope energy, dope person, dope personality. She taught all of my cousins, all my cousins that um, I grew up with. Um, a lot of my cousins, not all of us, but she taught she taught me and my brother. Like she was so invested in my family. Like she made sure that we was always good. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good, right? She would like uh, pop up on the weekends. Like, um, hello. <laughs> so my thing is, is, like, I didn't get my real exposure to a teacher of color, a black teacher, until sixth grade with Miss Merrill. Mm. She was my first black female math teacher. And then I know there was other few. Then seventh grade was Miss Cantal for science, Miss Peoples for um, current events. Yeah. See, but like, do you think it has something to do with the location of your school? Because I realized in middle school we had a lot of black teachers. We did. Um, we're pretty much in the hood. Um, location, yeah. and I think at the time too, a lot of our teachers were older. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of our teachers are younger. And um, there was a report that came out a couple of years ago. The demographics of teachers compared to the students that we have does not match. There's 66. I don't know if it's changed, but the last time the report came out was right before COVID. It was like 2019 report. 66% something around the numbers there for white teachers. Um, I think like 11% Asian teachers. Like 11 or 12, and then Hispanic is around that same number, and then African American mm-hmm. or black teachers was like the low 20s. Yeah. But then our students of color, like, it's like yes. 99%. Yep. And it doesn't match. I'm not saying white teachers aren't good, but to understand what we're going through, what we're going through culturalistically, that's super important. Yep. We don't have that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you have a lot of white teachers who want to do the whole white savior thing or come into these hoods thing and they can save all of them and do all these things. I'm like, yeah. no, don't, don't. And don't come into a space where you already fear the, the students. students. Why are you here if you're scared of them? Yeah, you know? 100%. So, um, my thing is so with- funny. My best friend is a teacher, right? And she so badly wants to go into these inner city, like, high school, uh, high schools that are um, underfunded with children who are it's almost like an alternative school mm-hmm. um because she was like i was she wasn't an alternative school but she's like i was that student who didn't have any teachers that i can relate to that i can identify with and she's like i want those for those kids because i realized the value in education and these kids don't have the support or the surrounding to tell them that right mm-hmm. and so she's always pushing for like teach but unfortunately those teachers don't get paid shit and she has Ha-ha. a family to fucking feed it's straight so she's like you know always battling with whether or not like to help these kids because she knows the value in education and um what they lack um but i diverted from the conversation um so inner child 
You guys need to, if you can, sit with yourself, identify your inner child, figure out what your inner child needs, feed it, care for it, don't suppress it, um, and work on it so that it's not living and thriving in your adult life and with all these insecurities and all these what ifs and all this confusion. Um, and also, if you have children, you don't want to push that onto your kids. Because then it becomes a cycle. So, like, to back up what Jessica said, like, think of those three stages that Jessica mentioned. Like, zero to six, if you have any memory of that point. Mm-hmm. What was going on in your life then that is probably manifesting itself now as an adult. Then your preteen years, t- 10 to, like, 13 or 10 to 12. And then your teenage years, 13 to 19 mm-hmm. or whatever. What happened to you during this stage in your life that is now manif- manifesting itself as an adult that is the way you are the way you are right now so then go back if you gotta write it down write it down but then go back and forgive yourself for these things like and then before forgiving yourself tell yourself like it's okay to be this way it's okay and then forgive yourself because we didn't know none of things none of that like no one's given a manual we just you know you know those memes that says like you know damn my parents really brought me here without even asking me if i wanted to be here <laughs> right, right? right so we're here without a manual just like our, our parents, parents brought us here. here with no and manual. at no point do i want us to be like well as mom like go to your parents and be like well why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that because literally, they had their reasons they probably didn't have the space to work on their inner child no I know my mother did not have that space. They didn't know that stuff. Yeah. It wasn't something... Like, the thing is... It is is so hard. This weekend, I had a conversation with my sister, and she was talking about stuff that was like, oh my God, I don't want to have these conversations. And I was... And it's maybe a topic that we could talk about later, but um, culturally, because me and you come from Caribbean cultures, like, Mm -hmm. um, there's certain things that they do, there's certain things that... There's certain ways that they think Mm -hmm. that is so contradicting to the person that I'm creating and I'm working on. And it's so difficult to carry conversation or for the, for us to just come to like a common agreement. Some of them are super stubborn. They're stuck in their ways. They're yes. not thinking. They don't want to so think outside of the norm of what they grew Like up if on. I brought this inner child conversation to my sister, she would be oblivious. And it's no like shade to her, but it's just like she does, hasn't done the work. I don't think she even wants to do the work. This is my older sister. She's about to be 50 next year. So they're set in their ways. Like you're not mm-hmm. fucking telling them shit. Like... Mm-hmm. After 45, you can forget it. Like, that's who they are. They're not changing. Me, as a 33, going to be 34 in a few weeks, I'm actively working on being better and working on all of my traumas um, so that when I'm 45, I'm still able to learn from other people, especially younger people. I don't want to be 45 and be like, yo, I'm done learning. Like, I don't want to be that person. And that's no shade to my sister. That's no shade to my mom because... They didn't ha- th- this whole conversation of mental health, this whole conversation of trauma and working on yourself and therapy is fucking foreign as fuck to them. And for me to have that conversation to somebody who's stuck in their ways and who is stubborn and doesn't like identify, like it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. So I just sit there and I'm like, all right, I'm going to let her rock. I'm going to let her say her thing. But I'm not going to contribute because what I have to say is going to go over her head or it's going <clears> to <throat> piss her off. Or make her feel like I'm attacking her when I'm really just trying to push her to identify the problem. Um, but yeah. Um, I wanted to say, like, uh, with the inner child thing, is like, once you do all that, I'm not saying everything's going to be all hunky-dory, nothing no. happens overnight. Once you, like, 
do that hopefully you come to a realization like okay i'm healing from this i'm gonna do better so now i won't exert this onto my children or future children for those yeah. of you who haven't or had continue kids. to abuse myself yeah and then yeah and putting yeah like you yeah. said abusing yourself too in the process or putting yourself down mm-hmm. for something you had no control over during yeah. that stage in your life because yeah. we didn't know any better now that we do we're gonna continue to do better and like jessica was saying earlier like um with the inner child thing like once you try to learn from that aspect maybe you'll do better with like you not exerting these things onto mm. your children that you currently have right exactly. and also and then i think it maybe maybe it might help people with um with the whole concept like you said you hate when people say like because you did actually birth a child you wouldn't understand like look the only thing i don't understand is the pain of giving birth to a child yeah. yes i didn't carry a kid for nine months and i did not push them out or have yeah. to have my stomach cut open to pull them out but understand that children need emotional support not just that is money just a standard it's thought. just th- certain things are standard just like human decency i should not i don't have to be that race or ethnicity to understand how to treat a human being yeah. just be a decent human being like i don't have to that experience shit is that's I, that's the only thing i hate when people want to use that have you have you had kids like that's like me telling someone are you black you don't understand. <laughs> you don't like, understand the struggles. Like you're you not black, know, black. You're brown. Like I should, I should know from concept. Like initially, like obviously, you're not of my race. So there's things that I'm going through. You'll never understand. Yeah. Which I understand that, but I don't have to really say that unless the person's giving me a reason to say it. Yeah. Then I guess. But a lot of people be so quick to say, "Well, you don't have any kids, so you wouldn't understand." Yes, I I may not understand the pain of maybe losing a child because I haven't given birth. I know once you are pregnant and you know that's your baby there's an initial connection connection, with your baby I don't have that yet right but I would assume Mm -hmm. this is my assumption my opinion not a fact um, the the pain you feel when you lose a child has to be somewhat if not same as losing a parent Mm. right because if you think about it your parent is the only person you've known your whole fucking life. I said that before in our previous episode. That's the only person you know. Like, legitimately. Like, before you were even out the womb, this is the only person you know. Like, mm-hmm. your whole fucking life. So, my assumption would be, and my in my opinion, I would think losing a child is as equivalent as to losing a parent. Some people might argue it, but, you know, that's fine. I mean, everyone's entitled to I built opinion. a connection with my mom in yeah. the womb. I, like, so, for example, I can ask, I've asked my mom, like, uh do you miss grandma like yeah. my my mom's mom she's like yes i miss her she's like you know she still misses her but she's knowing that she has moved on and she lived a life she lived the life she was older i can understand like you'll still miss your parents especially if they lived a long life so i, I can't tell people how to feel or whatever but i have i feel like i'll be more at peace if my parents are in their late 80s 90s and they mm-hmm. pass away that's a good life yeah we know in reality no one's gonna live forever Never. i can't expect my parents yeah. to live 120 years old yep. i mean there are rare cases where people live that long yep. but it's not all over it's not a guaranteed thing but if my parents live that long my grandfather is 96 mm-hmm. and i will still feel sad and bad like i'll feel terrible when the time comes but i'm still at ease knowing that he lived a good life 96 what more Mm -hmm. can i expect from that that's Mm -hmm. a blessing right as opposed to someone just dying abruptly or someone killing them Mm -hmm. that's different yeah i don't think i'll ever you probably mourn for the fact that that child didn't live a life and was deprived of that yeah uh, and was robbed of that but i feel like the connection is the same yeah, because that's your your child, and I yeah. feel like moms. I'm not saying fathers don't feel it, but moms feel it more because yeah. you carried that kid for nine months. That Literally kid heard your heartbeat. 
Yeah. You shared the same bloodline for nine months. Yeah. You know, yeah, they, whatever you that's why they say as a mom, when you feel stressed, the baby will feel it too. Yeah, exactly. So that's why it's like amazing to me. Like your baby knows your scent. They know yeah. when mom's around. So yeah. it's like, I understand that. So um, just be mindful of that. So I yeah. feel like with inner childhood, inner child, I shall say, mm-hmm. it's just knowing that keyword child. You were a child. child. You even though you were a preteen teenager, you were still a child. child. You didn't know anything. Even though at that stage we're thinking we're grown. Even in my twenties, I felt very childlike in the sense where, whoa, I don't know shit. No, we're still stupid. They say that <laughs> our brain technically don't fully develop till we like twenty five, yeah, twenty six, exactly, anyway. So exactly. that says a lot. But um, uh, we want to end this off with a business shout out. Of course, per usual, for our second to last episode, um, the business shout out for this week is well, it's one person that owns these two businesses, so I want to might as well just shout both of them out. Yeah. So the first business she has is at Blush Me Pink underscore twice. So Blush Me is B L U S H M E P I N K and underscore twice. Um, she's a makeup artist underscore underscore underscore. thank you sorry Mm -hmm. Um, that's her business for um, to do your makeup for whatever reason event birthdays whatever photo shoots this one that did your makeup for your photo shoot no not this time around she did my makeup my last year for my birthday Um, and she also owns a lash um, website and she also sells lip glosses as well Um, her IG page is mink out loud I'll spell it out m-i-n-k O-U-T-L-O-U-D. And she also has a website for that one. Um, it's minkoutloud.com. So if you hit up her IG page, please take your time to read the um, bio before you jump in to book her for makeup and for her lashes. She has a website for that. So that's our yeah. business shout out for this week. And we also have our and quotes. And to end this inner child, super emotional, um, very raw. I will say I said a lot of things that I wish I could take back right now. Because <laughs> that was a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to share all that. But um, so to end this off, we're going to end it with the cry we hear from deep in our hearts come from the wounded child within. Healing this inner child's pain is the key to transforming anger, sadness, and fear. And with that being said... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Before we say peace. So <laughs> oh, next yes. week... Next week. Final, yeah, final episode, episode for a season, season one. one. So make sure you guys tune in. Um, so our next topic... Well, no. Our next episode, last episode, will be Thin Crust... Or, or cheese stuff. And that's all we're telling you. Just You just have to tune in. You, you have, have to, to listen. This one's going to be funny. It's going to be informative. It's just going to be... I know you're probably thinking, like, these bitches are about to talk about pizza. Pizza? Yes. Yeah. Girl. I don't know. But just listen in. You'll, you'll find out. <laughs> you'll figure it out. And with that being said, can I say it now? Yes, bitch. Peace. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.